She's a Super Geek is a proud member of the Misdirected Mark Network. Listening to episode 81 of She's a Super Geek, the actual play RPG podcast highlighting women as GMs. Hey everybody, I'm Emily, and on today's podcast, my co-host Senda and I are playing her 200-word RPG contest entry. We can once more ascend. The 200-word RPG challenge is a cool thing that they do every year to try and encourage people to design simple, effective games. You can learn more at 200, use the numbers, not the letters, 200wordrpg.github.io. A special thank you to our patrons of the week, Ariel Weiss, Time Paradox, and Transfer Productions. You're all awesome. And if you want to become a patron of ours, www.patreon.com sasgeek. It's been a while since we've done a one-on-one. I know, since it's just been you and me, right? It's been a while since you've GM'd a one-on-one, too. Yeah, because you did the last couple because you did D&D. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Also, if you want to hear me doing more D&D GMing. More D&D! More D&D! You can check out Avanti Glitter and Blood on uh-huh. the... The misdirected Mark, misdirected Mark Network. Network. You can also check out the Redemption podcast, Mordecai's Tome of Foes special episode. We released it as a normal episode. I think it's 407. It's right after the musical episode. <laughs> I feel so bad for our editor. Yeah, that was a lot back to back. Yes, but I'm... I'm very proud of that short adventure featuring Mordecai's nonsense. And yeah, you should all go listen anyway, to it. Anyway, sorry, that was my pitch, but this is your show. This is, well, it's, I mean, it's our show, but this is my game. Right. Welcome to She's a Super Geek. It's just us again. We're going to do a two-player game, and here's what happened. We're going to leave you on a giant cliffhanger. And then never tell you what happens. No. <laughs> it's cliffhanger. So what happened is uh, we actually had plans for a two-player game, and then we both have a lot of stuff going on. I finished writing my 200-word RPG and just submitted it literally like 15 minutes, an hour ago, and um, we have actually decided to play that. That's right. It's Senda's 2018 entry into the 200-word RPG contest. So this is going to be exciting. Right. It's called uh, Once More We Can Ascend. It's basically an optimistic little game about overcoming past trauma. There's going to be some feels. There could be some feels. I don't know. So the other interesting thing I feel like we have to preface this with is this game has never actually been played. (laughs) Isn't there a game out there called We Didn't Play Test This or something? It was, it was, it's called, uh, we didn't play test this at all. And the second one is we didn't play test this either. <laughs> so you've thought it through and you are, of course, a seasoned game designer. I mean, I guess. <laughs> if I wanted to play some of your other games. Right. You could go on RPG or EncodedDesigns.com and you could download Love and Justice for free. Love and Justice? What is that about? Oh my gosh. You could go listen to the actual play we did. It's oh, that's Magical right. Girls Hack. It. Of lasers and feelings. Yeah, you played it. Remember that? I'm, I'm playing dumb. <laughs> I'm good at it. Aw, don't even say that. Well, no, I was talking about my acting skills. Oh, okay. Your acting skills are brilliant. We can once more ascend is um, what I'm considering an op- optimistic little game about overcoming past trauma probably emotional, um, and and trigger stuff in the way that it acknowledges that it will always be with you, but gives you the tools to move past it and not give it as many chances to control you and to be successful in that. So this is not a story about if our hero's going to succeed. This is a story of how our hero's going to succeed. And if, in the process of succeeding, if they will be able to master and control their fears. Yeah. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to jump right in. You want to read my my narrative? Yeah. We are descended from gods. When need arises, we can once more ascend. Your grandmother whispered in your ear, pressing the bow into your hands. So we need a GM, that's going to be me, a player, 
And then we also have a set of polyhedral dice. So yes. um, Emily's going to be playing with 2d6, a d8, a d10, and a d12. You are from an isolated village. The storm is coming. It travels swiftly, an arrow of chaos. Someone must stop it. That someone is you. That's our setup. For character creation, what we're going to do is um, we're going to have you describe three things. So the first thing we're going to describe is your village and why you love it. So what kind of village are you from? And like what geographically, where is it? That kind of thing. I think our village is, I'm not sure if this is a thing. Because it doesn't have to be a real oh, thing. Oh, okay. I was about to say tundra mountains. And then I was like, isn't a tundra by necessity flat? But I think it kind of is. But it could be like a tundra plateau. That's good. So it's cold and dry and high up. Yes. Everything is scarce. So our right. population is really low because we just don't have the ability to bring in enough food to sustain a, a bigger par- population. It's a close knit community that tries to be very in tune with the world around it. Lightning storms aren't normal in our area. And so lightning and thunder, I think, are bad signs. So the next thing is you, a normal villager. I'm a normal villager. You're a normal villager. Liara Treeborn. Liara Treeborn. Shout out to our wonderful coiffed ear patron, Ariel, for giving us our player's (laughs) name. Or, sorry, our character's name. I mean, you could change your name to Liara if you wanted to. Liara Treeboard. I am, I think, maybe in my early 20s. Trees are fairly scarce, of course, because it's tundra. And so my family, half of us try to grow trees and half of us are adventurers who bring them back from other places. I don't mean try to grow trees. That sounds stupid. But tree collectors. <laughs> tree, yeah, tree like, gardeners, like tree farmers. Tree farmers. You know, we have like a tree nursery and it's not as big or as grand as probably any other tree nursery in the entire world, but it's sustainable for us. We need trees. Are they like fruit trees, nut trees? Like, do they provide sustenance? No, I, th- I think it's, it's mostly for wood. For dried pine, I think it's mostly evergreen trees. Right. Well, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if this is a mystical, magical world, yeah, sure. Some of them produce nuts. That's great. Well, you might eat like the pine right. insides of the pine cones or something, right? Well, and cinnamon's technically a bark, so. Right, it is. Trees are edible, people. Aspirin is from aspens. Mm-hmm. What? Well, let me ask you uh, one more question about the village. You're on a high plateau. You're still below the the tree line, right? Like yes. you can still grow. Yeah, okay. We probably grow trees on the plateau, like on its sides. Makes it easier to harvest. So you don't have to climb trees. You can just scramble up and down hills. So I probably have massive calves. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know if I do. Why would you have to climb the tree? I get the hill part. I don't know. At some point, we'd have to climb trees. Okay. Mm. (laughs) That was where I was confused. That's fine. Tell me, what is the thing that you are afraid of? Starvation. Right. It's a pretty big fear. So, yeah, things hurting our ecosystem. You only have to name one thing. It's fine. if If you fail, then we'll name more things. I think anything sort of from the outside world hurting our ecosystem, that's a pretty big fear because that will lead eventually to starvation. It's a very fragile. Damaging. Do you mind if I say like, so the outside world basically damaging the balance? Yes. So the way that this game works is I'm going to describe scenes and threats. There are four scenes. When I describe something and you want to take action in the face of danger, You are going to roll 1d6 that represents your fear. And right now you are a normal mundane person, so you will also roll a 1d6 for yourself, your strength in yourself, right? If the fear die rolls higher, you're going to fail at doing what you attempted to do, what, right, what you described to me. 
And at that point, you'll create an additional fear and we'll add it to the list because it just gives me more to play from. And then we're going to describe, we can do it together or I can do it like whichever one of us has an idea is fine. We're going to describe how one of those fears manifests itself in that scene, either to your perception in or in actuality, right? You can then attempt to overcome that fear, which you'll roll the exact same thing. If you fail to overcome your fear and you had moved up a die, then you would actually move down a die. Okay. Whether you succeed or not, we move past that fear. It just may adjust what dice you're rolling going forward. And then we move forward with the scene and try to come to a conclusion of the scene, right? When self is higher, you're going to succeed at what you're doing. And your dice is going to ascend a step. So that's your self die is going to ascend. So with each um, step that you ascend, we're actually going to describe how you physically manifest more traits that are like the lightning. So the, the steps are at D6, you're mundane. So that's where we're starting. At D8, you're like a hero. At D10, you're like a demigod. And at D12, you have ascended into like embodying lightning and you can flash across the sky, you know, with a crack of thunder and fight the storm. Awesome. You can fight the storm even if you aren't the lightning, but, you know, narratively, that's that's kind of what they embody, right? You know what I didn't ask you about your village? Actually, the thing that I forgot, because it specifically says it here, because I'm a smart game designer. Why do you love your village? I love this village because of the commitment that everyone has to taking care of each other. This village, from the, the youngest to the oldest, we believe that everyone has a purpose in the in the sort of the the cycle of the village, not necessarily that everybody has, you know, something they must do, not kind of like that fatalistic thing, but more that life is a beautiful tapestry and we're all individual threads in it. And together we make a much more intricate and beautiful scene than any of us could do individually. Life is hard, like, don't get me wrong. Right. But, and that's one of the reasons starvation is so scary is because it would really disrupt that balance we would have to basically choose start choosing who was more important and i just don't want to see that happen you know as a village you've seen it on the horizon the storm is coming okay it's um you know roiling black clouds it's moving swiftly it was first spotted yesterday as the sun was going down and it was very far distant out over the plains because you can see a long way in the dry cold from up high here right so it was spotted it was very far off and when everyone got up this morning with the dawn it is significantly closer so tell me were you chosen as the person who was going to go try and stop the storm or have you chosen for yourself i was chosen by fate through a lottery you're the person who's going to go try to stop it. They drew straws, right? Yes. I'm either extremely unlucky. Yeah. Or, or yeah, fate is conspiring to bring me to this other destiny. So, you know, I'm, I'm not a hunter, but I certainly know how to use a bow. And, you know, I probably have a, a hunting knife as well. Walking out of the village, basically then as you leave, because everyone is acknowledging either your bravery or your sacrifice. I hope bravery. All of the people are lined up basically along the, the, is it like a track that's in the middle? How low tech are we? We're pretty low tech. It, it's okay. It's just a worn, you know, goes through the middle of, of the village vaguely. You know, there, there are no paved roads or anything. Which is great because we set this in the time of fables. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I think what actually happens is you get to the edge of the village and she's standing there waiting for you. Yes. And she puts the bow in your hands. Yes. And says that to you. You are heading out of the village. Are you heading down down the sides of the steep plateau? If I need to get to the storm, yeah, that's where I got to mm -hmm. go. So I've probably walked the path out of the village quite a bit to take care of the trees, but this is obviously different. This is not being 100% sure that you're coming back to the village, right? Right. Do you have any favorite trees along this path as you walk? Oh, I'm sure I do. Are you doing anything special as you pass them? No, because I don't want anyone in the village to think I'm doubting myself or the purpose that they've set for me. So I kind of acknowledge them emotionally. 
and I might I might flex my hands in the the brand new leather gloves that my cousin made for me very soon because you these trees are surrounding basically the the uh, the steep all the all the growable surfaces of um, the inclines on the sides of the plateau. So very swiftly, the village is out of sight, both because of the angle and because of the trees. And you are putting one foot in front of the other. And then you hear from up ahead of you the sound of uh, like a, a crack, like a branch breaking. And you hear a growl, like a low growl. Oh, no. And out onto the path strides a large brown bear and it stops in the middle of the path and it looks at you and it licks its nose and it says to you human child where are you going internally liara's like there's a bear talking to me <laughs> like though this is in the time of fable this is still yeah she figures okay I might be hallucinating, but it's worth a shot. Uh, Brother Bear, I am going to face the storm. I do not mean to disturb you, and, and I am just and I am just passing through. You cannot face the storm if you cannot face me. And he rises up onto his back legs, a ten foot tall bear right. when he's standing, and he's got his front paws kind of in the air above you, and he starts to swing one just right down at you. I'm going to back up and uh -huh. quickly make myself as big as I can, mm -hmm. uh, probably grabbing my coat or my heavy, I might even have like a heavy poncho, because these are probably fairly, not fairly common, but they're probably the most common dangerous animal that my people run into. Uh, trying to make myself look big. You have the ability to do anything you can narratively describe to me as long as your self-die rolls higher than your fear. I'm going to proclaim to him, I am from Berg, I have been chosen by fate, you will stand down. Awesome. Okay, so roll those dice for me. Oh, the first dice roll of my new game! The metal one <laughs> is myself. Because I'm stronger uh -huh. than my fear. The plastic one is the fear. Ah! Did your fear win? I rolled a three on the fear and a two on the self. No, no. <laughs> okay. So what happens is he's he's got a snarl, like a growl on his face. And as he swings his paw down, you, you took a step back. So it doesn't get you. But the claw goes right across your chest and cuts just a little rip in your um, in your leather jacket. And then as he comes around and swings across, his paw actually um, goes right through one of the little saplings and just takes the tree out. <gasps> this is a manifestation <laughs> like of the your fear of the balance and basically the the um, ability of your village to feed itself, right? So the bear swung, and there's still some some motion going on, and I am big, and I backed up. Uh, I'm going to quickly unsheath my hunting knife and attempt to stab the bear in the back. Okay. So this won't be a fatal blow, but it should scare the bear. So I'm still at D6 v D6. Yes. I tied. Uh-oh. <laughs> Wow, this Succeed is why with you the you games. Yeah, I'm just gonna say. Well, I'm just gonna say ties go to the player because that makes sense to me. Okay, you basically um, get him in the back, and he roars and rears up and spins around quickly so that he's facing you again, which rips the knife out of your hand as he's like as he's turning. Ah, dang it! I was gonna say, but I keep the knife. But and he settles back down onto all fours, and you can see the knife is sticking out of his back. He settles down back onto all fours and he so that he's basically eye level with you again, looking at you right in the eyes. And basically there's a snarl on his face because uh, succeeding at the scene is different than overcoming your fear. You had to overcome the fear separately because you had it. Oh, and we need to do one more thing. You should determine another fear. 
that you also have. And it can be about your village or it can be about you personally. Because if I lived in a cold climate, um, I would be terrified of falling under the ice and not being able to get out. Right. That, that to me, it would be worse than buried alive, drowning and freezing at the same time, having the energy to try to get out, but you're you're stuck. Okay, so the, the bear swings around, the knife is sticking out of his back, and he's on all fours looking at you right in the eyes, and he says to you, you cannot defeat the storm without defeating me. What will you do, little human? Do I get to go up a die? Not from the fear one. I punch him in the nose. Yeah, do it. (laughs) (laughs) I failed again. Again? (laughs) Yeah, you take a swing and he just like, he charges at you and is now holding you like in one paw against one of your trees. And he's just pushing and you're hearing that tree like crack and start to break under the pressure. Oh no, I know this tree. The other thing I'm going to say is there is no requirement that anything in here has to be physical. You can use yourself to talk. You can use, like, you can any way you want to talk out of the situation, worm your way out of the situation. All of those things are fair game. Can I channel the energy of the tree? Sure. There's a couple ways this could go. Channel the energy of the tree... Because if, it, if it's creaking and breaking, to break off one of the bigger limbs and have it fall on the bear, or to just become part of the tree and disappear. I like that better. I want to become part of the tree. Become part of the tree, yeah. Yay! Awesome. Okay. Four to one. <laughs> Finally. And, and one more thing on that. We are going to add one more fear to your list. What's something else that you are afraid of? throw something out there and yeah are you afraid of disappointing the village if you're not able to defeat the storm oh god yes i am so afraid of disappointing the village uh i'm afraid that there's no such thing as fate and that i'm just have lousy luck and that i'm going to fail and they're all going to die i know this tree yeah this is this is a tree i remember planting as a small child and i have i've cared for it it's still quite young because, you know, in, in three years, 10, 15 years is not that much, but it does have strong roots. As the bear is like holding a paw up to like my neck to like keep me, like my, my feet end up kicking into the tree, but they don't stop at the bark. Like, and I kind of get absorbed into the tree and mentally, I'm like, ha ha, come at me, bear. But I'm, do- I'm, not, I'm not stupid enough to say that out loud. Good. <laughs> awesome. Tell me, so the bear is, is now basically sniffling around the, the roots of the tree and like banging on its bark and going, come out, little human. Come out, little human. You must overcome me if you are to overcome the storm. How are you going to get out of this scene and get past the bear? Well, the roots are all interconnected of these particular trees. Yeah, awesome. So I'm going to channel my life force through the tree roots to faraway trees. (laughs) So I'm basically slipping past the bear. Yeah, awesome. Sacrificing my knife because it's still in the bear. Right, I was going to give it back to you, but now I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm part of the tree. Like, Yeah, I don't have a way to give it back yeah. to you. It's all good. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sneak around the bear because obviously the bear can't feel my life force, or at least I hope he can't. Yeah, get far enough away from the bear to get probably to the edge of the trees. Okay. And then attempt to turn back into my human form. Because I'm a little freaked out at this. Right. It's different. (sighs) Do I get a D8 now? (laughs) No, No. not yet. (laughs) If you succeed at this one, you will. I failed. No! Oh my gosh! The bear follows me. What's something else that you're afraid of? (laughs) At this point, I'm afraid of being stuck in a tree. (laughs) This bear is going to tear up. Can I make it a little bit more existential? Can I say loss of self? Oh, yeah, that's good. Because when you're a part of a functioning village, even though there's not a, a, a this 
is what you must do. There is a this is who you are. You are a tree farmer. That is what we expect of you. You don't move out of this role. Yes. And, and, and you know who you are and it's comfortable. And so all of a sudden, I'm not a tree farmer. I'm a tree. And it's like a, a single entity joining the hive mind. It's just overwhelming because the trees essentially have a hive mind. This is a perfect fear for you to overcome in this instance. Yeah. So who am I? I'm small and I am nothing. To these trees. These trees. Can I switch dice? Yeah, you can. But what did you get? <laughs> fear got a three and I got a two. It doesn't really matter in the first scene because you can't go smaller than a six. So so what happens is you are able to come back out of the roots of the trees and you are past the bear. Um, you're not as far down as you thought you were. And you basically like come clawing your way back out of the roots, like as if you were in quicksand, gasping for air, pulling yourself out onto the path, hand over hand, not standing up, crawling back out into that empty space. And you see the bear has, now that you're back out of the trees, can smell you and is coming towards you. It's stupid for a normal human to attempt to outrun a bear. However, I am eventually will hopefully become lightning. That's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> and it's a long way. Like, even though we can see the storm clearly, it's a long way. I am going to attempt to channel all of my energies and I'm going to take out my bow and put in an arrow. I'm going to focus all of my energy in the wood of that arrow and I'm going to send it as far as I can, thinking I can maybe transport myself into the wood, come out on the other side wherever the arrow lands. So I would be able to move quicker than the bear. Yeah. That's cool. I tied. Yay! Player wins! Yeah, okay, so basically we're gonna see a scene of you with great determination, like, facing away from the bear as it comes charging at your back, drawing your bow back as far as you can, planting your feet, focusing, and then we, we just follow the arrow as it flies. Like, zoom in on the arrow, follow the arrow as it flies, and it lands point down next to, like, on, on the close bank of um it's a wide but shallow creek tell me what it looks like as you come back out of this wood so i think the arrow lands and we see there was nothing around it and then all of a sudden we see her hand grasp it and put it back into her quiver yep that's really yeah. cool <laughs> yeah we just make it all cinematic we don't have yeah to. we don't it, yeah uh to quote some anime i don't remember which it's magic bitch i ain't gotta explain shit <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't look like it's deep, but it's running fast, clearly coming down out of the mountains, rise on one side of your plateau. So the water is clear, like crystal clear running over the rocks and also frigidly cold. <laughs> there are little chunks of ice. So we don't come to the river, not this river. This is a shallow point of a much bigger river that our little sort of stream from the plateau joins. And this is where hunters and traders constantly travel to get to and from bigger cities and trading posts. Uh, we also do sometimes have people leave the village to become, you know, hunters and traders. And so are you concerned at all about getting wet as you're crossing because of the temperature outside? Yes. We did finish the bear scene. You did succeed at the bear. So you get a D8 for yourself now. Sweet. So your fear stays a D6 because you have begun to move on and let it influence you less. But hey, if I can turn into tree energy and send myself somewhere via arrow, that seems like something reasonable to attempt across a river. It's wide, but I'm feeling more confident in myself. Sure. Ooh, yay! Eight to three. I succeed. Yeah, so just tell me what it looks like. So we see the scene. The arrow comes down with just a spark of electricity. All of a sudden, her fingers are there, and it brings the arrow up. It goes immediately back notch, notch to her bow, and she shoots it again, disappearing as she does so. And the same arrow sails across the river and lands nicely in the 
Like in the bank. Like in the, the bank on the other side, yeah. right. There is, this time, as the arrow flies through the air, there are little sparks of electricity, tendril things like flowing around the arrow as it flies. And then when it hits, they kind of spark into the ground for a second before we just see your hand picking up the arrow and putting it back in your quiver, right? For a moment, she turns and looks back at the plateau. It seems really far away now. When you turn to face forward again, you look up and you can see that the storm is now significantly closer. It is moving very quickly. And in fact, you can see that the storm is kind of pointed, like the very point of the storm, the tip of it is coming straight for your plateau where your village of Berg is. And you can see there is lightning flashing throughout it. The clouds are like dark, dark, dark dark and you're close enough now that you can also hear the distant rumble of thunder it is getting much closer so somehow you are going to have to get up to the storm to meet it so right now you are standing in um it is also a conifer forest down here but this is we're getting into like um you know some of this is sort of forested on its own because there's enough um, water and that sort of thing. They're like not well tended, so they're kind of twisted and stunted by the winds that come down from the mountains. They're not well protected and, and put together like your trees are, but they are growing naturally down here on their own. And they tend to be kind of stunted and short. They're not very tall. But up ahead of you, you can see basically one of the foothills of the mountains is, is directly ahead of you. And it's one that looks like it goes up very steeply and very quickly, like steeper even than the sides of your plateau. As I'm looking at the lightning in the sky, it suddenly sparks in my head how similar it looks to tree roots, that everything is maybe more deeply connected than we realize. Slide arrow <laughs> up to the top of the mountain, because <laughs> this seems like a way more convenient way to get around. Here's the thing that I'm just going to say, because we, we've seen you do it a couple of times. Yeah. I'm totally good with you. Just describe what that looks like. And then we will and then we will deal with the completion of the scene as a, a like a new. Right. Yeah. Well, I have to I'm going to get to the top of the foothill and then try to do something else. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So there's like a little a little crack like a mini thunder crack, like where you were standing as the arrow flies off. Because now you actually have a D10. <gasps> you're, you're actually a demigod status, so, you know, act accordingly. So I can feel new energy inside of myself. I've really tapped into something that connects humans to, to nature. There is like um, electricity crackling through your hair as you're standing there thinking this. And I get to the top of that foothill. And I look at the storm and I have a come at me bro moment. Yes. And I am just going to pull a, an Olympic athlete dead jump straight up into the storm. Awesome. Roll it. <laughs> Fuck. Really? Oh, no. And I fail. With a D10. Three to one. Tell me, what is something else that you are afraid of? Falling from a great height. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. And that is easy for me to manifest. Yeah. <laughs> so you take a leap and you do jump very high, but not quite as high as the storm is. You find yourself falling. So I go down to a D8. Not yet. Oh, not yet. Okay. So. Yeah, you have another chance to overcome this. I think about everybody in my village who is counting on me and figure out that my flying abilities are linked to my emotions. <laughs> uh -huh. And the more I believe in the strength of my village, the stronger I feel and the, and the more I can use that electricity to kind of slow myself down and eventually propel myself back up forward. Um, yeah, yeah, I did it. Seven to five. Okay, good. Um, yeah, no, you're good. You get to keep your D10. <laughs> you basically then are now moving upwards. And what happens is the storm, out of the, the front of the storm, you see the tip of a funnel cloud descend and then start 
to like swing at you and it's going out in front of the storm. I mean, the storm seems to have like a malevolent energy. It is pointed. It it knows its purpose, right? And its purpose is it's going to go destroy this, your village. There's this tornado that comes spinning down out of the storm and then comes like whipping around in front of the storm to try to hit you out of the sky. All right. So I'm still on a D10. Yep. There's a tornado. There's a tornado. I'm not going to fight the tornado. Okay. As my village taught me, I'm going to embrace nature and I'm going to enter into the tornado and suck all of the tornado's energy into my body. Okay. Yay! Nine to three. So, yeah, tell me what that looks like. I disappear. Like, there's this malevolent energy that whips out and and forms a tornado, which is a very scary thing. I don't know if tundras actually have tornadoes. I don't know if I've ever seen a tornado before in my life, but... They're scary. Yeah. I think about... I think about something in my village. On special occasions, we would gather around a large bonfire about how the smoke would change as we danced around it. Left to its own devices, it would go whatever way with the wind, but we could actually... I mean, it's not something that we that anybody meant to do. It's just as this this group of people were were moving, it affected which way the smoke went. And I and I said, okay, well, things have fairly well worked out up to this point. I'm just and so we see the tornado, we, we see Liara, and the tornado sucks her up. For a minute, all we see is that tornado, and then all of a sudden the tornado just kind of dissipates and in the middle in where the eye would be is liara spinning way faster than the tornado was and she kind of sucks in that that energy of wind she's then starts spiraling up towards this malevolent force that is embodied in a couple of specific clouds so at this point tell me like how your lightning is manifesting also you have a d12 now (laughs) I feel way more confident with a D12. Right. But I'm like, that's the thing. Like the first scene is kind of rough, right? I feel way more confident with a D12. It just keeps getting better. You can just picture someone with their hand at my throat going, what were you the god of again, brother? (laughs) So you can see my eyes crackle and sort of fill with lightning. My my hands are sparking. And out of nowhere, this classic <laughs> rock blaring. I know how to do this. And so you see the lightning that had been just doing what lightning does. Like all of a sudden, it's being all directed to me and it's all hitting me. And so as I'm sort of, I stop myself from spiraling, from spiraling and start just kind of going head towards this force and there is lightning all around crackling thunders rolling but it's all being absorbed into my body uh to the point where i think something catches on fire (laughs) but not in an uncontrolled way in a very it's very controlled and i think it's my bow yeah i think my bow becomes so heated with the friction from the lightning that it turns into fire so now your bow is basically like the, it's not so much a bow made out of wood strung with string, but a bow made out of like blue fire. Yeah. Strung with lightning. <laughs> nice. Strung with lightning. Right. We're trying yes. to get all the elements at this point. Cool. So as this is happening, the uh, the dark storm clouds, like there's a, there's kind of a growl and these two glowing red eyes peer sort of one of the the um like billows of the cloud turns over and you can see this sort of momentary face and the clouds like surge darkly towards you and around you trying to surround you and engulf you all right so i've got the bow yeah you do i take out one of the arrows uh, carved by of course one of my family members cuz we're pretty much related to everybody in the village let's be honest it's yeah a i big mean village. that's just how it works if yeah, not yeah. by blood then by marriage 
lightning's hitting me. The bow's a fire bow. I've got lightning in my eyes. There's thunder coming from every movement of my feet. Rain starts. And I channel the rain and the wind towards that thing. That evil, malicious thing that wants to destroy everything I hold dear. And I take out this simple arrow with wood and local stone and the feathers of birds we keep. Lightning flashing in my eyes and I just pull back the bow and I'm going to send that arrow right in between that thing's eyes with as much energy as I can muster from the lightning, the fire, the rain, and the tornado in order to clash with whatever this evil thing is using all of the forces and power of the elements combined with the love of my village. That's awesome. Please succeed. (laughs) Oh my god, did it? Oh my god, did it? What it? Uh, 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 Six on fear and a five for self. Oh, damn it. Okay, tell me something else you're scared of. Wolves? In some ways, wolves are very much like humans in that they exist in a society. If it's just you alone versus a bunch of wolves, like, there's no way out. And there's, like, not necessarily a tree around to climb, right? Because plateau and tundra. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking, yeah, because I'm in the middle of the sky. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. All right. No, fantastic. The the two glowing eyes in the cloud rise up further and further and further and further. And you can see that it is actually the head of a wolf as it stands up basically on this bed of clouds where it had been like lying crouched. And as it stands up, there's like fire flickering from its mouth and it just lashes out with it and wipes all of the the rain, the wind, the fire, the arrow, it wipes it out of the air, and then it goes, What you hear in the distance is the responding cries. Oh, I want to punch it in the nose? Yeah, punch it. I'm going to punch that thing in the nose. Punch it. It's my go-to move. I tied. Okay, 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 okay. So tell me what it looks like when you punch the wolf in the nose. I'm not going to let it think that it's intimidated me. And I know that I have to act faster. I can't let it, after it's howled, like, I can't let it get back into a aggressive position. And so as it comes down and it looks down at where I was, I'm not there. And it kind of looks one way and then looks another. And I am flying downwards and I just (laughs) like Hulk smash it in the head and it just falls. You know, all of that energy is is it's not as big as it was, but it's more concentrated because I am actually channeling it in my own body. And I just. punch the hell out of the wolf and it just plummets to the ground and with a huge crash and there's like smoke and there's rain and there's thunder and i have no idea what's actually going on i don't know if i've won or not but i'm like i don't know if i have another move if this wolf gets up so you see down below you because you're basically just standing on air so when the wolf fell this patch of dark clouds basically just started to dissipate Immediately, you can see one from the left and one from the right on the horizon now. And when you look down at the ground where the wolf fell, what you actually see now is a giant white wolf shaking its head. And it's, it opens its eyes and it looks up at you and its eyes are the color of the sky at noon on a winter's day. They are crystal clear blue. And it does a wolf lope back up into the sky to you like just like non-threateningly <laughs> yeah non-threateningly is it still really big it's still really <laughs> fucking big yeah it puts its head kind of down near you and it doesn't actually speak with its mouth you you basically hear the words echoing around in your head thank you born of woman 
the thorn had been in my nose, forcing me to anger because I could not get it out. And I am afraid that my brother and sister are in the same position. Will you help me stop them? Cousin Wolf, it would be an honor. Because I can't go back to my village. Not like this. Like this, because it would throw off the entire balance. So he puts his head down and basically is like, Climb on. <laughs> yes. So you have you have two more of these clouds, like, and you can see the giant dark gray wolves with like the flashes of lightning wreathing around them and their glowing eyes. Tell me, as you soar through the sky in the back of a giant cloud wolf, how are you going to resolve this situation? Like, what is the coolest way you can resolve this situation in one move? In a single move. Yeah, it's okay. The single move can be, like, big. Everything now is all Thor, and I have... I'm sorry. It's really okay. Just just Thor it up. Thor it's it fine. Up. You can Thor. Thor it up. So I create two hammers out of lightning. Yes. Good. Because I need throwing cool. weapons as I am looking at the two of these wolves. As the white wolf, or my, my cousin wolf, is, is charging towards them, I am charging up these two hammers through an intricate display... And it looks really awesome. <laughs> Dual weapon fighting. Exactly. Rock on. I've gone from a being essentially a a really low level druid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. To being Thor, Thor basically. Yes. And Correct. I am going to send out both of these hammers at the exact same time with the exact same amount of force to hit both of these other wolves dead between the eyes and knock them out of the air. And if it happens to knock loose those thorns, great. If not, they're going to be knocked out and we can sort of get those thorns out by uh, any means necessary. I call upon the air and the lightning. Yeah. I have to roll now, huh? (laughs) Are we still rolling? Yeah, we're still rolling. This is the last roll of the game. Oh, yay! I rolled a 10 to 2. (laughs) Woohoo! All right, yeah, no. So this is this is the last roll of the game. Tell me how it all works perfectly. Game master, it all works perfectly. <laughs> because what it actually what actually happens is one wolf tries to dodge it and it actually ends up hitting him not right between the eyes but in the in the collar. Like yeah, like in the neck and we mm-hmm. see on the exact opposite side of his neck, a thorn pop out. It hits <laughs> yes, the other nice. wolf in the middle of, in between her eyes, and she falls to the ground. And we see that there is a there's a thorn in one of her paws that gets pushed out by the mm-hmm. impact. So it had gone all the way through her paw, and it popped out. And they're gonna be fine because you know they're like divine wolf spirits, but. There's probably some, like, dark onyx blood on her paw and whatnot. And then the two hammers uh, come back to me. Like they do. Like they do. And I, I, okay. I kind of attach them to my belt. And so I sit down back on the, like, the, the shoulders of, of the white wolf. And I'm like, okay, we can help them. We can make ourselves a wolf pact. And we can go search out evil wherever it is in this world. And he's like, don't you want to go back to your village, little one? And Mm -hmm. I say, I can't. I will completely disrupt the balance if I go back. I don't want to say I can't be this badass around normal people, but this is a journey that is going to take me somewhere where I didn't really realize it would. And in trying to protect something I dearly love, I'm actually going to end up having to disconnect from it the epilogue is us like we're flying down and we're helping the other wolves and actually i think the epilogue is like i think we have a montage of like helping the other wolves we see the wolves stay on the far side of the the river and 
I cross back over and walk up. And as I walk back towards the village, I'm kind of shedding some of my more godlike looking ways. And You come back up, the bear is standing in the path, and he looks at you, and he nods, and he steps aside. I take my knife out between his shoulders. Yes. And I'm like, I'm sorry about that. I like pat him on the back and it heals him and put it away. And so mm-hmm. it's been longer than I think it has been. And so the only person who's still up is grandmother. And so she sees me coming. She greets me. And I, I'm not able to say much. I just, I hug her. I look at the bow and I kind of give it a little, and it turns back into wood and I hand it to her. And I say, when the need arises, someone else can ascend. Walk back. Get on my giant cloud wolf. <laughs> yes, cloud wolf. And ride off into the night. about this game it's a very good game thank you i'm glad that you have feels about it i think it did what i wanted it to do which is like that first scene was kind of rough oh my god right? i had no idea what to do and i'm thinking very yeah. D like i have to hit the bear right like you don't actually have to kill the bear or anything like you just have to not you just have to resolve that confrontation right like so that's my game it is called we can once more ascend and it's a 200 word RPG. So it's free everywhere. And actually when this episode drops, um, we'll just drop the text in there too. Not that you won't be able to just get it free on the site, but we have a pretty version. Yes, we do. Yeah. The, the encoded designs made for me just because Phil is awesome. Patrons already have it. Thank you for listening to episode 81 of she's a super geek. If you liked what you heard, you can check us out on Patreon, patreon.com sasgeek to help us out a little. Find out more about us, sasgeek.com, or on Twitter, sasgeekpodcast. Our theme song is Rock and Roll Play Baby by Kieran Strange. You can find more music, merchandise, and tour dates at kieranstrange.com or on Twitter at kieranstrange. Also, in case you were wondering, that song that a lot of people now associate with Thor Ragnarok is called Immigrant Song and is by Led Zeppelin. So obviously we don't own that. We'll see you in two weeks for our next adventure. Googly, really? Googly. Great googly moogly. Let's do it this way. I have this urge to ignore my rules as written, but I'm going to be good and follow the rules Aww. as written. <laughs> well, it's a partially playtest, right? right? To see if this works. Have you never seen The NeverEnding Story? Oh my god. It's been a long time. It's been a real long time. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Okay. I just didn't recognize the music, so. And then, yeah, For yeah. For the hero, because the hero, I remember studying the hero's journey in mythology class in high school, and that, that, that there has to be a return. So the credits. Well, this story doesn't have to follow the hero's journey. It tends to follow at least the sure. first part. But okay. <laughs> and do, as you, do as you will. I, I, wa- I was going to give you a, a riding off into the Well, I'm going to do that. Just let me give the bow wolves. back to grandmother. Okay, go to the pole yeah. back to Griffith. Okay, okay.